It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Brian, joined by Brad and John, as always, for your Week 2 edition, along with a brief recap of the Week 1 Panthers win over the Jets. Brad, how are you doing? I am doing great, Brian. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's Panthers football week once again. It's good to be back in football season. John, how are you? I'm also good. I like that little effect you had. I don't know what you did with your mic, but it made like a little, like, clicking sound like when you're like you're turning it on nice little like intro effect yeah I don't know if anybody's made, gonna it made hear you that. sound like a big deal yeah <laughs> oh well i'll make sure i keep doing that that's fine i don't know if anybody's gonna be able to hear it over like the intro music fading out and stuff but it was a nice touch yeah it's just me making my entrance you know gotta get me some entrance speaking music. of i badly need to update the intro music <laughs> yeah i don't think anybody aside from mccaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is the only one still on the team yes there's some there's some decent sound bites out there, I think. I mean, well, Teddy Bridgewater can't be involved in them. That's that I kind of hurts it. But, you know, like Brian Burns, maybe Jeremy Chin. I a, yeah, I, I don't uh, I don't know if I feel we're at a point of having quarterback sound bites in there because uh, right. I don't know. If, yeah, nothing about Sam Darnold is just like, yeah, Sam Darnold, super exciting. At least not yet. Not yet, but there are there. There is some life to the Sam Darnold rebirth. After the I Panthers. thought he played well. Yeah, the pan- he he went into Week One, the Sam Darnold revenge game, and he actually played pretty well. I mean, I I think that unfortunately, as far as the NFL needle, as far as the quarterback rankings went, I think he went from like thirty-one to maybe thirty. So <laughs> it wasn't like a a giant. Very official though. But I mean, twenty-four of thirty-five for two hundred and seventy-nine yards, one passing touchdown, and one rushing touchdown, no interceptions. That's pretty good. I mean, the sad part is it was against the Jets, so everybody's like, well, why didn't you do better? But <laughs> it's, I don't know. Sam Darnold, I mean, new offense, and I think two passes that go a different way. He's he's sitting on three touchdowns. But, John, John you were about to speak, so I'll let you have the floor. Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's week one. Like, <clears throat> I don't know how good or bad the Jets are going to be. I mean, they're probably going to be bad, but, like, Especially with defenses, I feel like they there's so much variation from year to year. Uh, where like just because the team, you, like the Jets' defense could be like pretty good by the end of the year, or they could be awful. But either way, like I think you kind of look at like a week one, week one, a week two performance is kind of like independent of who the opponent was because there's not really a way to like weight weight them based on the opponent. And I think Sam Darnold's performance was like nothing like extraordinary, but it was like the quintessential example of a good game. You know, that's a, that's a really great point that I've actually been thinking about since the game. Um, We'll talk more about the Panthers actual performance, but do you guys remember 2015 week one? No, Uh, I remember it was not good. I know we won, but it was, was that the game we beat the bills like nine to three? No, that was the Jaguars 2015. Oh, that was the game where Josh Norman had hit the the interception return for a touchdown. Yeah. And that was like the kickoff t- game to his uh, stardom as, you know, a, a hot lockdown corner in the NFL. But overall in that game, the Panthers did not play well. It was not a good game. Like um, yeah. it was against Blake Bortles, obviously. Um, 
And yeah, overall, like that game was really ugly. Like, I don't think anybody came away from that game expecting Carolina to be like a serious contender because they just played against a, another team that's not really all that good. And Carolina was coming off their, you know, seven, eight and one season. And all of a sudden Carolina went off to go 15 and one. And it's like, that was kind of like the the, 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 not the game that really made me realize like week one is kind of a shit show for almost every team. Um, yeah. It's very rare for a team to come out and really look great. I mean, even like the Buccaneers, they were the Super Bowl champions and they they didn't look bad. I'm not saying they looked bad, but like the Cowboys almost beat them. Like the Cowboys should have beaten them this past week, but they missed a couple field goals and stuff like that. So I feel like gauging the performance of Sam Darnold, like just the performance in a vacuum and saying like this is what Sam Darnold is, is not fair because of that like it's it's the first game where everybody's going 100 this is the first game where everybody's throwing out their entire playbook especially with the la- the lack of a last preseason game so the panthers only had one half and like a couple cor- of series with their starters out there so i don't know those are my thoughts on it but brad what are your thoughts oh god you could just that, that, those on. are my thoughts Um, I agree with basically everything you said. I mean, it's week one and anything can happen in week one. I do think we should have beaten the Jets more than we did. Like 19 to 14 was kind of kind of a disappointment. I think we could have at least scored 24, possibly 28 or 27 or 28 points. Um, But. I thought Sam Darnold played well. I thought there were one or two clear mistakes. Um, The two back-to-back end zone throws that both missed, I thought were his two biggest mistakes of the night or the day. But he made good decisions. He didn't make any plays where I looked at the screen and thought, what the hell was he thinking? (laughs) And because every throw he made that was quote-unquote bad – was, oh, he could have just put a little less air under it or thrown it a little to the right or thrown him a little more open. They were execution mistakes, not what the hell was that shit? Yeah, I was going to say, they're they're physical errors, not like bad decisions. And those are easily correctable with time. And I thought his scramble or design run for a touchdown was a good play. I thought he made the right decision. I thought his throw to Robbie Anderson was probably the best throw I've ever seen him throw in the NFL, uh, at least since his rookie year. And I do know, and nobody can ever convince me otherwise, that if Teddy Bridgewater were still our quarterback, we don't score that touchdown because there's no way in hell Teddy Bridgewater would even make that throw. He wouldn't have even tried to make that throw. And Sam Darnold did. So it's already an improvement over last year. Um, But anybody who is hating on Sam Darnold from his performance against the Jets needs to take a chill pill and at least let him fail before you hate on him. Uh, Do I think he's going to be the MVP? No. Do I think think we're going to go 16-1 and and win the Super Bowl just because of Sam Darnold? No. Will he make mistakes? Yes. But I also don't believe that we will lose very many games because of Sam Darnold. And that to me is more important. We need a quarterback, especially with our defense, the way they played on Sunday, we need a quarterback that just won't lose. And we had that with Sam Darnold on Sunday. So I, I liked what I saw. There were a few things I wish that would have went differently uh, he was also a victim of drops. DJ Moore had a, a drop. Terrace Marshall had a, a ball he could have come down with, but the defender made a good play on it. Uh, there were um, one or two other plays that were like that. But, I mean, for the most part, you know, he threw for, what, 280 yards, scored a, a rushing touchdown, and threw for a touchdown, and we won the game. And There's not, the nice- there's not much to complain about. <laughs> and just to go over the offense in general as well, um, obviously Sam Darnold had the benefit of Christian McCaffrey coming back. And I don't know about you guys, but McCaffrey had what, like 180 yards total from scrimmage? 
Yeah. And it kind of felt like he was still kind of held down. <laughs> like he didn't, he it didn't seem like 187 yards of total offense. Yeah. And it didn't even seem like he was like fully on like the, like the Christian McCaffrey we've seen tear apart defenses. Like he actually seemed like just watching he didn't break him. anything big. Yeah. And he still had 180 yards of, of yards, 187 yards from scrimmage. So it's like, this can, this can be a very good offense. I mean, the one thing that's, that, I would say was a drawback was the protection, which actually wasn't as bad as I expected, but no, it wasn't as bad as anybody expected it to be. I mean, Darnold was only sacked once and it was in the second half. And like, he was they pre- did, they did their job. And he was pressured a few times. Um, I should say a lot of times, I think it was like 11, but he was able to use his feet to navigate the pocket, which is something where, I mean, Tom Brady made a living out of that. Like, navigate the pocket, get away from the pressure, throw a pass downfield. You know, if, if Sam Darnold can do that, that may, that helps the offensive line quite a bit. And uh, I was pretty, I was actually like semi-impressed with uh, left tackle uh, Cam Irving. He didn't seem to give up a whole lot of horrible plays, you know, like n- none of those Matt Khalil, like, oh my God, he got beat so bad type plays. Like, obviously he got beat a couple times. Elf flying got beat a couple times. Matt Paradis looked like shit. Um, Dennis Daly definitely belongs on the left side. I don't think the right side is his is good for him. And obviously Taylor Moten was Taylor Moten. I saw a play where uh, they ran a screen pass and the tight end was trying to block one of the defensive ends and Taylor Moten just mowed the guy down. Um, so, I mean, the offensive line, definitely not not the best, but you know, that's the NFL for you. There's only like five teams who can say they have a great offensive line. So yeah, exactly. I just want to see them gel as a unit with time. And like you said, there are no really true elite lines. There are teams that have one or two elite players. Like there are a couple of elite left tackles. There are a couple of elite right tackles, but nobody has all five positions you know, elite guys that those lines just aren't, it's just not a thing. Um, There might be two teams in the entire league that could even make the argument that they do have one, but my only observations, and I'm not an expert on offensive line play, but my, my observations, um, I didn't even know Cam Irving was in the game. That's how little of consequence he, he was like, they didn't call his name. Uh, they didn't, you know, he wasn't getting beat repeatedly on TV. Like I, I forgot he played, which is a good thing. That's probably the highest compliment I can give the guy. I forgot he was even out there. Um, Pat Elfline was, was okay. Uh, the holding penalty on him was bullshit, especially when the jets were doing the exact same thing to Brian Burns all freaking game. And it wasn't being called. So. Yeah, I mean, it, if the line can play like they did against the Jets all year, I think we'll be okay. There's room for improvement, and I do agree with you that Matt Paradis, we got to find a replacement center. Uh, he's He's got to go. Um, and that could be what they like Sam Tecklenburg and they like Elfline. He has experience playing center, so there are options there for the future, but um, – Matt Paradis, he ain't it. I forget where I read it, but and it might have even been someone from CSR actually commenting it, but Pat Elfline's kind of built more like a center. Well, that's so what he it, was drafted as. Right. So like they it, switched him to guard because the Vikings drafted another center and they moved Elfline to guard, if I remember correctly, because yeah. they wanted to play them both at the same time. Yeah, so I mean, and I think that when Elfline actually did play center for the Vikings, he was pretty good too. Yeah. So, and then he got hurt and he hasn't been know. the same ever since. So yeah, maybe that's the the key, but you got to figure out who the left guard is and then slide people around and whatnot. But um, I think speak- Dennis Daly could be a good left guard. I think you're right that he needs to be on the left instead of the right. Um, John Miller should be back this week. And despite some rumblings of John Miller not being good. John Miller is a perfectly fine, average, quality right guard. Yep. Um, 
why don't we move on to the defense then? Um, who had a fucking hell of a game? Let's just be let's just be honest here. Um, six sacks overall. Shaq Thompson looked like a monster out there. First time we've I seen think, a linebacker do. The, oh, go ahead. I think Shaq Thompson being a single digit number made him faster. I think so too. I was because <laughs> that's the number he wore in college, and I think we should have just let him wear that number and like paid a, a fine to the league or whatever, because he looked like a completely different player. Got that safety speed back. Mm-hmm. It's all in the number. Um, the secondary overall was pretty good. Uh, JC Horn only had, I think he surrendered two catches on four targets. One of which was a tough, was a touchdown where there wasn't anybody, anything he could do. Yeah, exactly. Anybody who's watched the NFL for a number of years knows there's just those plays where a quarterback's going to make the perfect throw to the wide receiver where only the wide receiver can catch it, and the wide receiver is good enough to catch it, and the corner is just fucked. The only thing he could have done was commit pass interference in the end zone. Yeah. That's literally the only – and he should have done that, but that was his only option. Got to do that. Keep the touchdown numbers up. Yeah, down. that's how good the throw was. But two receptions on four tar- four targets against a rookie corner, that's a testament to his ability as a coverage player early yeah. on because really any NFL coach would be targeting that corner no matter how high they were drafted right away just to mm-hmm. challenge him. I mean, I remember when the, when the Panthers had James Bradbury in 2016 against the Broncos with Demarius Thomas and all the receivers they had. They were all over James Bradbury. They're targeting him constantly. Um, so that's a testament to him, the fact that the, the, the Jets decided to go after Dante Jackson a little bit more. Um, I'm telling you now, we're going to see this play out. Um, J.C. Horn is going to have the Chris Gamble problem. People are going to think he's not any good because he's not going to have stats, like he's not going to get a lot of interceptions, but it's going to be because nobody throws at him because he's so good. Well, not only that, like even despite the fact that Dante Jackson is like a certified ball hawk and very, very fast from a physical matchup standpoint, most wide receivers have the advantage against him on the outside. They do. So it's just a known fact. So it's like, okay, are we going to target this guy who is Josh Norman with Deion Sanders level athleticism? Or are we going to target Deion or uh, Dante Jackson? Like, so we'll see what happens. Hopefully the, the Saints target JC a little more and we can see a little bit more of him but overall very happy with the defense obviously Brian Burns and Hassan Reddick the two Joker style defensive ends slash edge rushers they have that can come from all over the place both had big games Brian Burns had one sack would have had a lot more were it not for him being you know mugged on many plays he was held on just about every play yeah and Hassan Reddick Hassan Reddick had one and a half sacks as well, including a forced fumble. So they both want that golf cart that they wagered at the beginning of the year. Yeah. And the nice thing for them is that the Panthers defense put him in a position where the Jets had to pass the ball. Like, yeah, this is a big testament to Derek Brown and uh, Daquan Jones on the inside because they were crushing that Jets rush offense. Mm -hmm. And if the Panthers can get into most situations like that, that's a situation where you just take those two hyper-athletic guys, let them pin their ears back, and run after the quarterback. So, Yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I want to say we held the Jets to 2.9 yards per carry. 2.6. 2.6, okay, yeah. So even better than I thought. I mean, it. if you can do that and shut down the pass like we did, I mean, yes, Zach Wilson's a rookie, I mean, you know, you'll win more than you lose. And uh, I'm going to say this about the Jets, and then I think we can move, I can move on. But I was impressed with Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be good. I think this is going to be a rough year, but I think they, <laughs> yes. I, I, I think they found their guy. I, I think, I, I think he has the- potential to be like their guy. I spent most of like the last level last college football season hoping that he would be the Panthers quarterback, and then he kind of yeah. played himself out of our range. So yeah. I'm a little biased, but yeah, I thought he was really good. Um, he took a while to kind of find his groove, but it seemed like once he kind of got into rhythm, he did like the fact that he was able to get in a rhythm while getting 
like hit so much. I, think I mean, he took a, a beating. He, he took yeah. a beating. I still have yet to figure out how Derek Brown did not concuss him. Yeah, I mean, but because he's mean, a quarterback, he, and I think the concussion protocol is a little different for quarterbacks. Yeah, but I mean, his head bounced off the ground, and yes, we have did. turf now. So he was also buried on the play. He all like yeah. I like, thought, didn't break his ribs as well. Yeah, yeah like he got it was, smothered. It was him and somebody else who it was Brown and somebody else who just fucking collided with him, and he drove him into the ground. I was like, holy shit, he's dead! Like. But, he yeah. said after the game he felt like he got run over by a Mack truck. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's what it looked like. <laughs> but One last point on the defensive line, um, and this might be me just being a little more hyper-optimistic, let's say, but the last time the Panthers had two high-end defensive tackles who could really stop the run and clog up the middle was Star Latula and K1 Short. Yeah. And Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley ate behind those guys. Obviously, those two were just, in general, two of the best linebackers in the league. But against the Jets, Alexander and uh, – or excuse me, Jermaine Carter and uh, Shaq Thompson both had really good games. And I think that having those two guys in front of them really takes them a lot off their plates and allows them to just play linebacker, fill the holes. So It's those single-digit numbers. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, having a linebacker, one wearing number seven and one wearing number four, that's freaking dope. Well, according to Tom Brady, <laughs> it's because the, the offensive line thinks they're all safeties. So, Well, Tom Brady well, doesn't need to do better film study about. Yeah, yeah, just do better <laughs> film study. The very but, last I, mean, like, I loved I love seeing them wearing number seven and number four. I thought that was awesome. I do like that they did it. They announced it the day of the game. Yeah, they totally did that. So Zach Wilson would get confused. <laughs> that was totally yeah. gamesmanship from Matt Rule. I'm sure Shaq Thompson could afford to buy both of their uh, stock of jerseys as well. So his giant. Well, contract. to be honest, I think we could afford to buy Jermaine Carter's stock of jerseys. There probably aren't very many of them. <laughs> like 50 well, bucks. five of them. Yeah. Um, the one last thing I'll say before we move on, um, Brian Baldinger, the film study for the NFL or NFL Network said. On Twitter, it's very or it's rare, very rare to see one team so thoroughly whip another team every possible way. Matt Rule had his team ready to play and whoop ass Baldy's breakdowns. And someone commented it was someone uh, verified Andy Herman. He said, "Just wait until you watch the Saints Packers film because you know the pa- the Saints obviously <laughs> crushed the Packers." Brian said, "Watched it. This was different." Well, hmm. I would wish that we won by thirty-eight to three. Then, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm a little disappointed that we only scored 19 points. However, to be fair, we fumbled on the four yard line on a on a design run. We fumbled. Sam Darnold fumbled the snap because he ran into the fullback, and then he threw two incompletions in the end zone on another drive, and so that's two touchdowns right there. So, yeah, we should have won, what, 19 plus 14 is, what, 30? Well, we got a field goal out of one of those, so. Yeah, okay, so 30. We should have won 30 to to 14 or 30. Honestly, we should have won 30 to 7 because they shouldn't have scored that first touchdown. Right. Because the defense broke down and Zach Wilson somehow got out of trouble. I think it was because the offensive lineman was literally grabbing Brian Burns by the arm and pulling him away that allowed him to get out and throw it deep. And that, that touchdown should have never happened. By then, I think the refs are just trying to have mercy on Zach. So. Yeah, I think so, too. I, we should have won 30-7. to seven. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. But speaking of the Saints, so the Saints are coming to Carolina this week. Coming off a five-touchdown performance by Jameis Winston. I think he only threw for like 185 yards, though. Um, yeah, 148. Yeah, 148 <laughs> yards. Five um, touchdowns, less than 150 yards. He completed 14 passes and five. That's of like them were the most Jameis stat ever. <laughs> I mean, a third over a third of his completions were touchdowns. Like, I, I think, I think, uh, I think that's what you like to see. Yeah, yeah, you definitely like to see that. Um, let's just start off real quick with the injury report for them. So they're dealing with a lot right now. Um, I don't think you can do their injury report quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Quan Alexander hasn't practiced all week. Uh, Marcus Davenport doesn't appear like he's going to be ready to play. Um, Michael Thomas is already out. Like yeah. we already know that he's also fun fact. He's also been placed on the COVID report, even though he's on pup as well. So oh, wow. Yeah. Michael Thomas so, is all of the ailments. So he's, yeah. he's, he's double out for this game. Yeah. Um, Marshawn Lattimore's hurt. Yep. He broke Eric his McCoy. wrist signing his hundred million dollar contract. <laughs> How convenient. Yeah. He, Eric. he legitimately hurt his hand the same day he signed a hundred million dollar extension. It is funny that, like they announced like, uh, uh, you know, Marcus Lattimore and the Saints have agreed to this huge contract. It's like, weren't they just playing a game like 30 minutes ago? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how were, were they negotiating like on the sideline? I know it's with yeah. his agent, but like in my head, like the GM is down there. They're just like talking between series, like going over the final numbers. Um, They're also missing Eric McCoy center. So they picked that's... up a guy off of another team's practice squad. I think it was the Bears. Um, so that tells me that they're preparing to not have McCoy. Yeah. Like it could be that, I mean, he might be able to play, might not, but they're, they're making preparations if, as if he's not going to play. Sucks to be them real unfortunate. Well, I'm not um, going to talk too much trash because if I do, they'll come in and they'll beat us like 31 to three. Like they that did. That is the, true. The they, they, they do tend, they do tend to beat us every time we come on here and talk shit on them. So yeah. Yeah. Real and then team. their, their, their entire offensive coaching staff minus Sean Payton is on the COVID list. Um, one of their players is on it. I mean, it's just, all the worst possible shit that could happen to a team is happening to them at one time. Unless you're the Cowboys. Yeah. Um, that said, as real quick, I want to put oh. just like in perspective, like who's all missing and it's pretty much all defensive players other than Eric McCoy, but uh, it's their starting defensive end, like their number three defensive end, their starting weak side linebacker and their starting core their best corner and one of their main safeties because uh uh cj garner johnson's also didn't practice today yeah so imagine us having to play without brian burns jermaine carter Justin burris dante jackson yeah and yeah like it it would be bad yeah and and then i guess our third defensive end would be like morgan fox or yeah Marquis like Haynes. Haynes, yeah, yeah, or, and let's say Marquis Haynes, yeah. yeah. Um, imagine playing without those guys, and that's what the Saints are doing. Are Which hypothetically doing? Hypothetically, yes. The Friday, the Friday injury report has not come out as of the recording of this podcast. So, be pretty cool if we had that information, though. Yeah, yeah, would be. Would be. <laughs> um. Sound like you were going to yes. talk, John? No, I, I did not. Oh, okay. Well, as, let's. As far as the offense goes, familiar face in Jameis Winston, someone who has thrown many picks against the Carolina Panthers. Um, missing Michael Thomas, so that's not good for them. Um, oh, overall, I mean, it's as far as the defense goes. If we're looking at last week compared to this week, I mean, Carolina should be in a plus matchup, but as we know. When Carolina is presented with a plus matchup, that's not always a good thing. 
Yeah, and I I mean, honestly, the Saints are just like the Falcons. You can throw every stat, every matchup, every analysis, just throw all that shit out the window because anything can happen when these two teams play. The Saints do have Alvin Kamara. I don't I don't think we should uh Yeah, Alvin Kamara is of one that. of the best players in the league, so yeah, I mean, he used to to run circles around Keekley and Thomas Davis, even when our defense was completely healthy. So back when I was, was going to say, I thought you were going to say he used to. Uh, he still does. I mean, I was going to say yeah, that was going to be my say. Like he like he used to run circles around the Panthers. I was like, I think he still like actively runs circles around. Yeah, the Panthers. yeah. He did that like three or six months ago. <laughs> the other thing that's that people may or may not consider is the fact that Drew Brees was at least last year, maybe even the year before that, more limited as a thrower where Jameis Winston can still, you know, yeet the ball down the field, 60 yards. Um, I I firmly believe that Sean Payton is going to turn Jameis Winston into an actual quality NFL quarterback. I mean, he looked like one last week, despite, I mean, look, despite the stats, you know, like anyone looking at the stats says, oh, well, you know, he just got lucky with, field position stuff like that like I watched a lot of his snaps he looked good I mean he was throwing the ball well he was taking he was making good decisions with running the ball I mean he the first drive he ran twice to preserve their the first down on like third down long or second down along so like Jameis Winston is not I don't I don't even think he's the same quarterback that the Panthers saw back in like 2019 I think he's more grounded now I mean, even with the Buccaneers in 2019, like he threw for 5,000 yards. Like he turned the ball over a ton, but he's like a good, like a talented player. And he couldn't and see. Sean and he couldn't see. Yeah, That's didn't he have LASIK surgery or yeah, something like that? Yeah. Yep. He did. Crazy how much easier quarterback is when you can see who you're throwing the ball to. Yeah. And who's in the way. Mm-hmm. Um. Just run a little little fun fact. Do you know? So James went through five touchdown passes. Um, one of those touchdowns went to a former Panther. Oh, that was uh Brandon uh, Chris Hogan. Yeah, I didn't know he was yep. on the Saints. I did not know that either. Oh, yeah. <laughs> until I until I saw the box score and I was because like, I'm sitting there like, wait a minute, which I thought they cut Alex Arma, but which other players <laughs> did they? And I did not know they had Chris Hogan. I had no I idea. I had no idea. Th- when they picked up Chris Hogan, I think he just showed up to the stadium on Sunday and they're like, all right, fine. And Sean Payton was like, all right, whatever. Yeah. I don't even think Chris, I don't even think Chris Hogan actually played in the NFL last year, but I remember seeing a report that he came in for a tryout and I guess he made it. So he played for the jets last year. They signed him on July the 28th. I did not know that. I didn't either. Like he's been (laughs) with them all training camp. Completely flew under the radar, believe it or not. Towards the end of training camp. I had no idea. To be fair, that wouldn't really be a widely reported signing at this point (laughs) in his career. But yeah. Or any point of his career, I mean, honestly. Yeah, he's never really been more than like the fourth guy on a depth chart. He's he's their version of Brandon Zylstra, basically. Yeah. And that's not a dig on either one of them. That's just who he is. That's your role. Uh, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was funny. Like I said, I had no idea he was still in the league. Cause the last I heard his name, he was like trying not to play for the premier lacrosse league. Yep. That was, what oh, I, that was yeah. where I was thought he was at. Yeah. And yeah. And then, and then it was like, James Winston passed. I was like looking through the scoring summary and it was like James Winston, 10 yard pass to Chris Hogan. I'm like, Oh, Chris Hogan. When did he get there? Right. But what's crazy about their, like, I mean, their wide receiver depth chart. I mean, even with Michael Thomas, it'd be bad. But like without Michael Thomas, it's like horrific looking. Isn't so, one of their isn't one of their wide receivers suspended too? Uh, I don't know. Not off. The, I, I guess I so. have to look it up. But they have. It. I mean, they're they're starting two wide receivers are Traquan, Traquan Smith and Marquez Cal, Marquez Callaway. I think Traquan Smith is the one who's suspended. <laughs> Oh, God. Oh, Let's see. Michael Thomas is on the pup list. Oh, Traquan maybe. Smith is on reserve slash oh, he just, injured. He got hurt. Yep. He what? They only have one player suspended. It's a defensive tackle. So yeah, so Traquan Smith's hurt too. 
So they're down there starting two wide receivers. They have Kenny Stills um, on their um, oh yeah, they just signed practice him. squad, so they could call him up to play. And they still have Alex Arma. He's on their practice squad. They have, and they have a guy named Lil Jordan. I was just looking at that Lil yeah. Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> His name is actually Lil Jordan, which is funny because he's six four. Do you think he like? people have to call him Lil Jordan all the time? Or is that just like, hey, like my my name is Lil Jordan, but you can just call me like regular Jordan. Just call yeah. me Jordan. LJ Humphrey. Yeah, they probably he did not call catch him a LJ. pass. He wasn't targeted last week though. So I don't know if we'll get to hear anything about that. But yeah, I mean, I mean, they didn't throw much to anybody. So it's kind of hard to tell like where the targets are going to go. But it seems like if they're going to be more of a tight end team, like Adam Troutman, and there's their top three Jawan. target getters. Yeah, also tight end. Where yeah. Adam Trotman at tight end, Alvin Kamara at running back, and Jawan Johnson also a tight end. None of the receivers got more than two targets. Yeah, well, they have a wide receiver, Deontay Harris. It says he's from Assumption College. That sounds made up. <laughs> it's not, but I at some it point someone for the made Panthers, up. for some at some point someone for the Panthers had was playing or came from that school. I just don't remember who, but um, so yeah, but the, the one thing that does kind of suck though, is that the, the saints defense, even without Marcus Davenport, they still look pretty good. I mean, well also without their number one corner, but well, they did have both of those guys for a lot of that game. Yeah. I don't know exactly when they, like when specifically they got hurt, but like Marcus Davenport got a sack. Marshawn Lattimore had a, a pass breakup and a couple tackles. Like they were part of the game before it was decided. So there is like it's not going to be the same Saints team that like jumped all over the Packers. Um, not that they, you know, not that it's like oh well the defense is going to be bad now, but I think it's just one of these things like with every, with so many people hurt, it's hard to kind of judge. Yeah, it's hard are. to judge what they're going to be. Because yeah. right. I thought we were going to have an advantage because they had to go to Jacksonville to play this game instead of New Orleans because of the hurricane. And they just went to Jacksonville and beat the piss out of the Packers. So, you know, it's... The Packers are supposed to be, like, good. And they have yeah. no, like... There's no... There's no, like ailment with the Packers that like explains that it's not like, Oh, well, yeah. like Aaron Rodgers. So they had people hurt or like, no, they, they were just the ones got, that they had just to got move. punched in the mouth. Like, yeah. It's not like they were the ones that were supposed to host the game, had to go play like their home game in a weird place on very little notice. Like they just showed up and got like kicked in the teeth. Yeah. I mean, if you watched a little bit of the game, I mean like the Packers didn't seem like they were out of it. Like in the first half they were, they ended it down 14 to three. I think it was, but Maybe it was seventeen to three, but like overall, like didn't, three, yeah. it didn't look like the Packers were out of it, but they just the Saints capitalized on pretty much every opportunity that they got to put points on the board. Where the Packers obviously fucked up almost every time they had a chance to put points on the board. So it's one of those wars of attrition, and the Saints won in like every aspect of it. So this is going to be an interesting game in that front. Um, I'm not optimistic but it's because the panthers have beaten that out of me over the last five years so um let's do want to get on to school well play guess the spread if you guys haven't seen it yet sure i have not seen it what do you think it is uh five points panthers we're we're obviously underdogs but (laughs) five, five points i would say three and a half brian cheated i did not cheat he was right now you're right though damn so that's, I mean, I guess it's a home game, so that's like a little bit more of an indictment on the Panthers, but that's not too bad. Like, I well, think if that's... it's a home game, then that means the line is closer to me because they give the home team like three points. Neutral site, then yes, you, like you, the Saints are like a six and a half point better team on a neutral site, but yeah, it's not a neutral site, Brad. Playing in you Charlotte, still, you were still the wrong, Charlotte Brad. Panthers are playing in Charlotte. Yeah, on the turf. Yeah. Get fucked with the, with the Panther jumping all over the place. Yeah, without the keep pounding chant. But there's a a giant Panther jumping on the scoreboard. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> gotta have that. Do we want? Can, do can we score- talk about that? Yeah, I was I've gonna got- say we can do that first, and then we'll do the scoring predictions. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, because I I've got to get my opinions on this out. Okay, 
the Panthers PR came out and said they were just looking and exploring new ways to engage the crowd for fan interaction. Okay. I have several things here. Number one, just keep doing the one that we like. Like there are maybe three things that all Panthers fans agree on. And one of those things is the keep pounding chant is cool. And we like doing it. I mean, it's the one it's all you have to do is put the fucking word keep and an arrow followed by the word pounding and an arrow pointing the opposite way up on the scoreboard. That's all you have to do. You don't have to have the drummer. You don't have to have the PA announcer say anything. Just put it up on the scoreboard and the fans will take care of it because they said they want to make it organic where we start doing it ourselves. If you try to do that, nobody's going to just get up and shout, keep, and look like an idiot when nobody else does it. Nobody's going to do that. <laughs> and nobody's going to know which side they're supposed to be on. So both sides are going to be shouting the same thing at the same time. And it's going to be a mess. Just put it on the scoreboard. We like it. You've already pissed us off by switching from natural grass to turf. Okay. Stop pissing us off. Number two, the Panther um, alternate reality or augmented reality Panther is cool. I'm not going to say that it is not cool. It is a cool thing. Somebody paid a lot of money to have that thing designed, developed, made, and put on the field. It was cool. It looked badass. But at the same time, it's lame. It's stupid. And there's no reason to put it on on game day on the field. Like, it's cool, but there's no use for it. Just put keep pounding up on the scoreboard. We don't need the fake Panther. We need the keep pounding chant. We don't have the culture and the history that some of the other franchises in the league have, like the Bears, the Packers, all these other teams that have been around for 100 years. We've only been around for 27 some odd years. Keep pounding is our thing. And it you have to start somewhere like David Tepper talks about he wants to build a culture. Well, then stop fucking around with the culture. Like, let us build it. We have it already. Keep pounding is it. Just let us keep doing it. And just, you know, let it happen. Like, keep pounding is our version of the terrible towel or the Lambo leap or I don't know what other teams do, but that's that's our thing and don't take our thing away from us because if you do you're going to alienate the fan base and the panthers i'm sorry to say are not good enough to alienate their fan base if this were the patriots that's one thing because they got seven rings we don't we have never had back-to-back -back winning seasons we have to stay engaged through the little things and if you start taking those away, we're going to tell you to fuck off. And I don't think even as a billionaire, I don't think David Tepper wants us to do that. So Nick's the stupid fake Panther. Let us chant. Keep pounding. I'm cool. Keeping the fake pa Panther. I don't understand the idea. Like if they of... want to do both. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Do both. do both. But, um, Yeah. What I think is weird is they're like, oh, we're experimenting with other things. It's like, could you not do both? Yeah, um, do both. It's not hard. And we had a home preseason game. Why didn't you do this shit in the preseason? Like, yeah. why are you doing it now? And it's PR's peak, and they can deny this all they want, but everybody knows this is true. It's PR speak for we are phasing it out. Fuck you. That's what it was. And I think they realize now, because they've said they're going to do it this week, I think they didn't realize how mad people were going to be. David Tepper had no idea how mad people were going to be. Yeah. Or whoever yeah, he hired to do this, it, it, <laughs> whatever. But Yeah, it's a weird, weird decision. To Like I said, like, I think 
it's one of those things where it's like if you want to see if people can do it on their own you like see if they do and then when they don't you're like all right maybe they need our help because you're also placing a lot of trust in a group of largely intoxicated people about I don't know, 50,000, 40,000, 50,000 people that are mostly intoxicated to like be a cohesive unit and do something at the same time. Yeah. Um, which they couldn't do if they were sober. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a lot of, a lot of trust. People need very explicit directions to do things. People like can't even do the wave. Like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> like we, when we're in a group of 50,000 people, we cannot do anything. We're like a baby deer trying to walk <laughs> and we need help. So like, I would get it if they wanted to quit doing the drum at the beginning of the game, because they can't get with COVID, especially they can't get people to come in and do it. We've run out of Charlotte celebrities. You don't want Steph Curry every week. Um, you know, that'd be cool with Steph Curry every week though. It would, I, I mean, most people probably would, to be honest, but, <laughs> but you know, you don't want the same people every week. I could understand not doing the drum part, but, I mean, Jesus, it's not that hard. All you, you push a button and you put the keep pounding thing on the scoreboard. Like it's not, it's not costing, you have to keep electricity on the thing anyway. It's not costing you any, anything. And this is the worst decision he's made to me because even like switching to turf, at least he had an argument for it because he said that it's for the soccer team. So they don't have to keep resodding the field. I buy that. I don't like it. I hate turf. I think it sucks, but I get it. I don't get this. I don't understand it. I think it's dumb. I think it's a mistake. And it just, it makes me angry. <laughs> They're making changes just to make changes for no reason. So what you're saying is you don't like change. No, that's not what I'm saying. I like change if it's good change. I like change that's... that we've changed where we wear black pants and blue jerseys and then white pants and blue jerseys and white pants and black jerseys instead of wearing white on white and then silver on black. We've changed uniform combinations. We've changed you know, things like that. I like that kind of change because it is a positive change for a reason making a negative change for no reason. I don't like. It's also kind of like a subtle change though. So it's not really a change. It's more like a modification. What's the modification? Just changing the jerseys around a little bit. Oh, it's more of well, a yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's fine. That's like if they wore change. red, if they wore red pants, you know, I don't think people, I mean, like I think that. we should, because, especially when we play like the Falcons, cause I think that would be a competitive advantage. I think NFL teams should just go the route of like soccer teams and NBA I teams. Think so where they're too. Like, just like, who cares whatever about colors? Want. Just, yeah. As long as you're not wearing the same color as the other team. Yeah. Like, get new uniforms every year. Get some crazy, like, crazy uh, alternates for different reasons every year. Have some fun yep. with it because they're just. People, they're people just make close. fun of soccer for that, but I love it. That's my one of my favorite things. Having people complain about the NBA thing about doing this. I don't buy jerseys. I just. <laughs> you're not a real fan well, that's what that's what doesn't make any sense to me either is like i don't know if they think people won't buy the jerseys like they'll get fewer jersey sales people because people know they'll be replaced every year but i feel like you could probably get more jersey sales if like you're like hey look at this new like 2020 jersey's pretty dope i'm gonna get it and then you come yeah. out with the new jersey 2021 you're like oh this jersey's also pretty cool i want to get this one too if you make it look good people will spend their money on it people have disposable income I mean, they'll buy them if they look good. Yeah. Not me though. I don't buy jerseys. I don't buy jerseys either. I only buy. I don't have the right. I don't have the right body shape to look good in a jersey. <laughs> like I just don't look right in a jersey, no matter what. I mean, I'm 41 Brad's years got old. A whole closet of jerseys of like very from small to triple XL. It's like just none of yeah, these. None, none of these, these fit. So I just <laughs> none of these look right. <laughs> I'm not buying anymore. I've got Goldilocks, but none of them were just right. Yeah, it's yeah. like this one's. They went from too small to too big with no in between from size to size. Yeah. But like I, my body type, I I look ridiculous in an NBA jersey unless I'm wearing a T-shirt under it, and you shouldn't wear a T-shirt under an NBA jersey. <laughs> That's a bigger crime. <laughs> I was going to say then you, but then at that point, like you, you have a different problem. Yeah. 
So <laughs> football jerseys, I just, I have to get a size bigger than I should need to wear. And then it looks too big and you can tell it's too big. Baseball jerseys, I just don't wear those kind of shirts. And I don't, I just don't wear soccer jerseys either. I have one, but I don't wear it. I bought Atlanta United's inaugural kit, but I, I, I've worn it twice, but I don't wear it. Last soccer two jerseys I purchased were for troll reasons, which was troll, which was uh, Tory Smith because I lost the bet to Billy about Will Greer, and, uh, <laughs> and Cam Newton's Patriots jersey to piss off all my friends, which turned out to just be a collector's item at this point. So, rip. You can just add a zero to the end of it, uh, and put and some duct could, tape on the name and write Jones. But I don't want to be wearing a Patriots jersey unless it has Cam Newton's name on it. So, like, oh, okay. Um. I don't even remember the last jersey that I have. Yeah, you spent so much money on your intramural basketball leagues, so we get it. It's fine. <laughs> yes, I have does. one NFL jersey that I bought. It was a Donovan McNabb Eagles jersey. <gasps> yeah, I used to be an Eagles fan back in the day. And I've bought, I have a Michael Jordan Bulls jersey, a Scotty Pippen Bulls jersey, and a Dennis Rodman Bulls jersey. Go Bulls! At my mom and dad's house. Oh, I, yeah, I was a big, like, I was a big Bulls fan back when in the '90s when they were winning the championship every year. This this podcast has gone completely sideways. But the yes, last thing I want to say about the jerseys is I had I had a thing where my friends and I play like pickup basketball all the time, and so I got into this phase of just like to have fun with it. I would buy jerseys off of like eBay, but I didn't have any money. So the only ones I could afford were jerseys for players on teams that they didn't play for anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and they weren't like good players. A lot of times either, like they'd be good players, but not like, like it would be like an Al Jefferson Timberwolves Jersey or like an Andrea Bargnani Raptors Jersey. Like stuff I would like wear that. a Timberwolves Jersey. Their jerseys look good. Yeah. So yeah, it was stuff like that. So anyway, uh, score predictions. Yeah. So anyway, let's talk about the if game. anybody's still listening for football <laughs> reasons. Um. So Panthers play the Saints at home this week. Um. I guess I'll just give my score prediction first, since you guys were draining your brain power on jerseys. Um. <laughs> I'm gonna say twenty-one to seventeen Saints. In a very defensive battle, I think Carolina's front seven, they're not going to have six sacks, but I think they'll still get after Jameis Winston quite a bit. But because Jameis Winston is mobile, they're not going to really know what to do. So, yeah, I think 21-17 Saints is my prediction. I'm going go a lot of scores by Alvin Kamara. Oh, sorry. 20-16. 2016. I'm going price. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to opposite prices right you. Okay. Go one point down for both teams. Fuck you too, <laughs> Brad. What about you? Twenty to nineteen, Panthers. Ooh. Zane Gonzalez Ooh. is going to hit a game winner as time ticks off the clock. Oh, that would piss off. Well, not. I guess it wouldn't piss them off, but there were a and lot of people. We're going to say Ryan Santoso. Who? We well, haven't even talked anyway about within a few weeks. Yeah, we have. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the kicker news. We we cut Ryan Santoso so we wouldn't have to give a draft pick to the Giants, which smart. is a smart move. And then we signed Zane, Zane Gonzalez off of a practice squad. So, and I'm telling you this now, if you're listening, if you haven't been driven away by me and John, um, he has to be on the roster for three weeks, minimum. Like yep, he cannot be cut. For three weeks, so he's unless he gets hurt, unless he gets injured. (laughs) If he gets hurt and put on injured reserve, that's different. But if 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 he stays healthy, because he was poached from another team's practice squad, he has to stay on our roster for three weeks. So they either have to just let him kick, or have two kickers on the roster. They is that a new rule? I did not. No, that's always been a rule. Oh, I thought because um, I didn't know if that was like a prevent teams from poaching players off practice it, squads to like it's, get information. What it is, it's away. a Bill Belichick used to do this. It's a prevent teams 
from poaching a guy off your practice squad because they play you next week. Yeah, and then cutting and then the and then cut you the week the day after you play. Yeah. So you can't do that anymore. Now you can still do it, but you just have to keep the guy for three weeks. Yeah. You just have to Which teams just still do get it. a growing right? list of yeah. But um yeah. Zane Gonzalez Zane Gonzalez is fine. fine. He's fine. <laughs> nice. I mean, we should have just signed him to start with instead of trading for Ryan Santoso. Well, he like, was probably was... on a roster still. No, he he tried out for us. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, that's like, right. At the yeah, like in training camp or whatever. Like he was he was here for like three days and we didn't sign him. We should have just signed him then. Well, he's here now. He's here now. But he's fine. I mean, it's whatever. He's just, I think I think the fact that we both said that word at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I, he's fine. I, I think Panther. I wait, think wait, 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 wait. Wasn't he like super, super popular on CSR like five years ago when he came yeah, out of the draft? But then, but then they saw him kick in the NFL. But I just, I just remember, like, I just remember that that name. Yeah, everybody wanted us to draft him. Yeah, but now he sucks. But well, now he's here, so everybody finally got their wish. Yeah. Well, he. Had, but we hate him now. Well, yeah. In 2019, he had a really high kick percentage. So I, I think what people don't realize is that there's like probably 10 kickers out there right now you could sign that are all going to have like roughly the same performance in the NFL. Like these people more than that. There's a lot more than 10. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, it's probably like a tier of like there's three tiers of kickers. Yeah. There's three tiers of kickers. You have the, the elite, which is Justin Tucker and maybe Harrison Butker. I know that makes people mad. Harrison but... Butker is like, like has a high or like the second highest like kick like yeah. accuracy rate in the NFL history. That's that's, Butker, so. that's your top. Nobody's getting them tier. Then you have average guys like um, I don't even know any of the kickers now. I feel but like it, you have like the it's like there's like those two and then maybe like six or seven like good ish kickers like, like Matt Prater yeah. and Greg Zerline and stuff. Matt and Prater, then Crosby, Greg Zerline, um, Crosby, Cros- yeah, um, and then Ryan like Suckup, like yeah. average guys. And then you have like twenty kickers that are all just like completely interchangeable, and it's just like whoever's like feeling it like yeah. hot or not at a given point in their career. Yeah, yeah, you got twenty, probably twenty guys or more that it doesn't matter. And then you've got about 30 or 40 more kickers that could come in at any time that aren't signed anywhere or on practice squads or used to be in the XFL and the AAF before those leagues shuttered and the Canadian football league that they're all the same. Like they're all the same guy. There's plenty of kickers. You just got to get one who's on a hot streak. It's really how that's it goes. really all you have to do. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened with Graham Gano. That's what made him so popular in Carolina for a bit. Was they brought him in, and suddenly he was like good for like two years, where he was like money. And yep. that happens with these kickers sometimes. So they're just playing. I personally golf. think we should just approach football with the strategy of don't kick at all. <laughs> Go for two every time. Go for it on fourth down. If you're on the opposite side, if you're in the other team's territory, go Both for it. Both territories. Just go for it every fourth down. Just go for fourth it. And, fourth and 15 on your own 30, just go for it. The only time you should ever punt is if you're inside your own 15-yard line on fourth I, down. I mean, Joseph Charlton seems like he's okay, too. So, I mean, maybe we go for some drop kicks in the uh, in the red zone. You know? Yeah. Or just go for touchdowns. Or just score touchdowns, yeah. Or here's a here's a tip: don't get put in fourth down situations. Oh, Brad, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant analysis. I I don't yeah. even know how you're not just, how you're not coaching the NFL right now. I, I mean, I just what what's wrong with you? You why are you getting put in fourth down situations? Just stop doing that. Yep. Why, why don't you call the touchdown play on every play? Call the touchdown play on first down. It's just like with depression, and then run it why twice if you have to. Just like with depression, well, why why don't you just stop being depressed? That'll solve all your problems. Have you tried yeah, not being I, sad? 
I hate when people say that. <laughs> like, how about I just fucking shoot you in the head? How about we? How about that? <laughs> oh, you're poor. Well, why don't you just stop being poor? You, how did, about you, that? did you think I was doing this by choice? Yeah. All right, this is getting down a dark turn. So yeah. let's. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where we. <laughs> this is the keep sounding podcast, everybody. Um, go Panthers. This is the Keep Sounding Podcast. Work hard. Love your wives. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay tuned for the game. We'll have some analysis for you next week, and we'll talk about the following game against the Texans. It'll be a packed week for us, so stay tuned. Enjoy. Hopefully the Panthers win. Have a good one. See you. Later.